1: in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey
2: but uh, joining us now from the uh, PackerReport.com and pack day podcast andy herman joining us on the schneider orange hotline andy how you doing today
0: i'm doing great bill thanks so much as always for having me on
2: glad to have you so um a, a couple of things uh, first and foremost give me your reaction to the packers draft overall
0: yeah, I think the word that I've used probably most is perplexing, and uh, I think it was an interesting avenue that they took.
2: Um, I
0: think there's a variety of talking points here, a lot of them which have been talked about at nauseum so far. Uh, not drafting a wide receiver, certainly interesting. Um, I, I want to know a little bit more about defensive line because I went in certainly feeling that that was a major need uh, that they needed to address, uh, not only in the draft but this offseason, and they haven't really done so. So that was a big question mark for me, and then you know, you really look at, uh, you know, drafting the quarterback in 30. I think the trade-up really has some optics with it as well. So, excuse me, those were some of the questions that I had going into the draft.
2: Um, the drafting of Jordan Love, uh, is it understandable?
0: Yeah, I think the thing with Jordan Love that you have to take a look at is how many times is Green Bay going to get the opportunity to draft this type of quarterback where they're generally picking? And granted, we saw them pick – in the top 15 a season ago. Uh, but usually this is a team with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback that's that's going to be picking 30, 31, 28, 26, somewhere in that range. And quarterbacks with the talent of a, a Jordan Love don't often fall to that range. I said going into this draft, I think Green Bay opened a window that if they, if the perfect situation, if the perfect scenario happened this year, next year, the year after, where a quarterback fell to them and that they could not pass up, Uh, they would have to take a look at it. And uh, I don't know that this was necessarily the scenario there. I think Jordan Love is a little bit more of a a boom or bust prospect. Um, But I think what may have happened is that he was the best player on their board left, so they made the move up. They gave basically a late four to go get him, and and I think you can understand that move if he was the last first-round grade that they had on their board left.
2: Then I wanted to know uh, if – you feel comfortable with the wide receiving core because obviously they do or they felt that the the value at that particular time when they were choosing wasn't there or pertinent to take a wide receiver i i, I think if you want to use your word perplexing do you feel comfortable with the wide receivers they have
0: that's a great question. I wouldn't necessarily say that I feel 100% comfortable with the receivers that they have. I think you can tell a story based on what happened in the draft as to why they didn't grab a receiver. You know, sometimes it just stinks, you know, when you're picking number 30 and the draft board doesn't necessarily fall your way. I, think you, I don't think it's necessarily a coincidence that when you saw Green Bay move up in the draft – it was right after that sixth wide receiver was taken. It was right after Brandon Ayuk was taken. So Ayuk is gone. Rager's gone. The top four receivers that everyone knows about, Jefferson and and, um, and Judy and Land, all those guys, all of them gone at that point. So the, the top six receivers are gone, and, and none of them fell to them in the first round. They move up. They get their quarterback. They get the best player probably left on their board. Second round comes along. They didn't trade. Uh, they traded that fourth-round pick. I don't think they had the, the, the resources necessary to get up in the second round to maybe get a Denko Mims or a Chase Claypool, which we know from Peter King's article that they were trying to trying to move up to, to get that wide receiver. So they didn't have the means to do so without maybe giving up a third-round pick. And then I think if you go uh, into the third round, the, the players that would have impacted them there just weren't the same. I think they kind of had those guys on their roster already. So I don't think it was ideal, but I think you can tell a story as to why maybe they didn't get a receiver in the draft.
2: We are going to hear from Greg Cosell coming up in the next hour. I don't know if you heard the interview he did with uh, Rich Eisen, but uh, I found it fascinating. It was some of the things that he alluded to when we talked with him at uh, Super Bowl. But basically he said Aaron Rodgers is good as it gets, but in the Matt LaFleur offense leaves a lot of throws on the field. And he seems to think that uh, there could be – a departure sooner rather than later within the next couple of years just because Aaron is is Aaron. Aaron wants to do things his way versus the way things are supposed to be done. Do you find credence or credibility in that?
0: Uh, yeah, so some of it yes, and some of it no, so I'll kind of break it down. I, I don't necessarily think that it, it could accelerate it, that it would be something that happens necessarily this year or next year. Um, that part of it, I, just from a contract standpoint, I think is really tough, and in that interview, he kind of made mention of the fact that he didn't really know the contract structure, which Correct. makes sense. Yeah. So. Uh, I think that part, no. Do I also think that this is a part of just, uh, you know, Matt LaFleur's offense and needing it, you know, on specific timing and things like that? No, I think you saw a lot of this happen with Mike McCarthy and Mike McCarthy's offense as well. I do think there's a lot of truth to what, you know, Greg Cassell is saying in that interview. And I think there's a lot of things that I've said very similarly in the past uh, with interviews that I've done. I'll use an example, and this is an extreme example. Um, but going back to when I was scouting uh, and watching tape of Johnny Manziel, there's a play at the goal line where he has a slant open. The first read is the slant. It's wide open in the end zone. He looks there immediately, and he doesn't see. Uh, he, he sees the receiver, and he doesn't pull the trigger. He doesn't throw it. The the, the edge rusher comes off the edge, is about to sack him. It. It's a bad play. It's a bad coaching play. And then Manziel makes something absolutely magic happen. He spins out of it. It's one of his highlight level plays. He scrambles around, finds a touchdown. It looks great on tape, but he missed the most obvious easy read that would have worked within the offense. Now, that's an extreme, extreme example, but you see some of those type of plays from Aaron Rodgers where just within the offense, you want to see it just executed. First and second down, take what's there. And I think Aaron is, is such a perfectionist that he wants everything perfect, and even if sometimes there's a chance, maybe it's a 2 or 3% chance that it might result in an interception. You know, he's living to see another play, and he's going to try to bounce it out of the pocket and try to make something happen on his own. And I do believe there's an argument to be made there that he hasn't had the talent around him to maybe fully run the offense that he would like to because he is such a perfectionist. Um, but I do think there's plays that he's leaving on the field. And I think there's a place in time for Aaron to be Aaron. And I, I've said for a while now, you know, if you're down 14 points in the third quarter, you know, go do you, you know, go be Superman, go, go do all those Aaron Rodgers sort, you know, type of things. If it's third and 16 and first and second down, didn't go according to plan. You know, go try to make a play, you know, get the ball down field, dance in the pot do what you need to do to try to convert that first down. But you would like to see in some of those more basic situations you know, first and 10, second and seven, third and six, you know, just try to, you know, play within the offense just a little bit more. So there is a million things to digest there. And, you know, you and I could spend talking about it all day long. to really try to get in game some semblance of it. But I do believe that there is truth to what, what Greg is saying in that interview.
2: I'm talking with Andy Herman the PackerReport.com and Pack-A-Day podcast. Now moving forward, uh, we know the Achilles heel last year, at least against San Francisco, was more so the defense and the ability to stop the run. Uh, there wasn't a lot addressed in the in the draft regarding that. Uh, do you think this team today, as we see it, is better, worse, or the same? Which, if they're the same, we know that they're worse in the NFL. Um, do you think they're better or worse right now?
0: Yeah, I can't. I don't know how anyone could necessarily make an argument that specifically from a run defense standpoint, that, that they're much better. They, you know, they, they go from Blake Martinez to Christian Kirksey, which it wouldn't shock me if that could be an upgrade if Kirksey could stay healthy. So I think you could maybe get a little bit better there. Um, they're going to have to rely heavily, heavily on maybe a guy like Kingsley Kiki making that second-year jump, who I think is – capable of making that second-year jump, but they've relied, just going back to last year, on Montrevious Adams and Tyler Lancaster making that jump, releasing Mike Daniels, which I think proved to be the right move. He didn't do really anything in Detroit, but you didn't see the jump from Montrevious Adams or Tyler Lancaster, and that defense struggled because of it. Um, And I've heard some really smart people say, you know, you go late in the season and you see Zadarius Smith playing a ton over center and a ton in the middle of the field, uh, that, I think that's why is because they didn't have the guys besides Kenny Clark that could really play in the middle of the defense and help stop the run. So I, I don't know how you could say that they helped themselves in this uh, in this off at all um, on the defensive liner and that inside linebacker. At least not enough where it, it, it should matter. Where you, you know you can go back to the four games last year that they lost got gashed in the running game in all, in all of them. You know what's your answer now to stop it? Other than you know hopefully that, they, that the coaching and the scheme is better than it was a season ago.
2: Uh, Offensively, going back over to that side of the ball, do you think they're better with uh, the additions that they they brought in? I mean, obviously, Dylan is a a big bruising back and can certainly be a two to Aaron Jones' one. And they obviously have some depth now at the offensive line in many different positions, although I'm still wondering what happens if David Bakhtiari goes down with any kind of a lengthy injury. But do you think they're better?
0: Yeah, swing tackle is definitely a, a major question mark. I do think Josiah Deguera is going to give them a ton of versatility. People have talked about that being a reach of a pick, and I think there's a, a lot of truth to that. I think not having the fourth-round pick maybe made them reach because they went to Ben Picking again until the end of round five, and I think they really liked him and wanted to add him to their scheme. Um, but you look at players like Josiah Deguera, somebody that could potentially be a, a, a true fullback, uh, potentially a true tight end, could also line up wide in the slot, if he hits the way that they expect and if he hits his ceiling, he is a movable piece and a chess piece that not a lot of offenses have. And I think there could be an argument made that, you know, Matt Lafleur really wanted that type of piece in his offense, and there was really nobody in free agency, nobody via trade, and really nobody else in the, this draft that had that type of versatility. So they need to hit on him, you know, when you spend a third-round pick on, that, on an HVAC type of player. But if they do, what that could open up, I love how he could mirror Jay Sternberger. You know, we saw Jay Sternberger line up in the slot, line up at tight end, line up at fullback. Those are two really movable, you know, versatile pieces with Matt LaFleur. And I think that could open up a lot of versatility overall where you're coming out with the same five guys, but you could use them in a hundred different ways. And I think that really fits well. So, uh, you know, if the offense is better, I think the offense has all the pieces for the most part, that it needs to be successful in Matt LaFleur's offense. The movable pieces, the great quarterback, two really good running backs, a third down back who can pass protect in Jamal Williams, a move tight end in Jay Sternberger. I think it has all the pieces. I think the, the main thing that it's missing, at some point, you need your playmakers in space to be able to create on their own and make plays. And we know Devontae can do that, but who's the other guy that, you can get the ball, to with some level of consistency, and they can just make things happen on their own. The Greg Jennings, the Donald Drivers, the Jordan Elf, those guys were able to create plays on their own, and I just think this offense still lacked, you know, a little bit more playmaking potential uh, in the offense as a whole.
2: Andy, good stuff as always. We'll keep uh, reading and watching and listening and all that kind of good stuff. Thanks for joining us for a couple of minutes. I appreciate it, okay? Thanks for having me, Bill. Appreciate it. Thanks, Andy. There you go. PackerReport.com. Also Packaday Podcast. That's Andy Herman. You can find him on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. He joined us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard, they treat you fair. Eighty plus years. They've been getting it done. Call them eight hundred forty-four Pride. Go to Schneiderjobs.com. Eight hundred forty-four pride, go to Schneiderjobs.com.
1: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe.